Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jared. We have the one and only South Jersey Jason down here. How's What's it going on? Going. How's man? it going? It's going. It's we're recording on a Monday. I just felt like I talked to you a couple of days ago. I know. You gotta yeah. get this shit while I'm home, son. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's going good. You know, um, I did watch that documentary, uh, Sins of the Mother, I think it was called. What a messed up woman that was. And you know, she was good looking too. I know. <laughs> that's I think that's how she got away with a lot of it too. Oh, the cops ate her story up like mm-hmm. uh the first time they brought her in, they just ate everything she had to say. And it it was just amazing me how even her family, like her mom was just like I mean, you know, even though her mom wasn't in on anything, her mom's so freaking gullible. Yeah. It, her brother her niece and it's a shame like if the cops just listened to her second husband i guess it was like it's a shame because i bet they were like you know if we could just turn back time he'd still be alive yeah all of them yep those poor kids you know and like they haven't i did some little digging so i wanted to find out how the kids died they haven't released it yet um, but I did read that the daughter, they not only did they burn the bodies, they chopped her up. And um, just last week, the grandmom of the, the young son, she's not allowed to be a witness because she's technically not the grandmom anymore because her son had given up the parental rights. So therefore um, they're saying she's not legally his grandmom anymore. It's crazy. It is, but I want to know more organized religion. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Well, that's a cult, not a religion. Well, no, it, it, it was the LSD or LDS, whatever it is, but I think they took it one step too yeah, much. once I mean, you heard her talking on the podcast, you know shit was gonna fucking go down. Yeah, and and like her hit list basically. Oh, yeah. but her zombies, like the, disease. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. And and her daughter loved that little boy. Like you know, they were so close. I mean, even even the oldest son loved his brother and sister so much, and you could see the pain in him. Yeah, you know. And I'm glad like he told his even though when he was talking to his mom like you murdered them and she was just like but you're okay like what yeah and i mean i i hope i i mean i want to see this go to trial and both of them be put you know behind bars and the fact that she poisoned the 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 wife of the guy she married like so much it was a crazy story. Check it out. Uh, Sins of Her Mother, I think it was called, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, yep. And I watched the first, I mean, that night we recorded, I watched the first two episodes that night and finished up the next day. It was just like, I didn't want to stop, but I kept falling asleep by yeah. the third episode. Um, but that's really all I watched since we last talked. I mean, other than that, I watched WrestleMania over the weekend. Uh, did you? Yeah, you know, like, I, I don't watch wrestling like i used to but i watch the pay-per-views if it interests me and uh you know snoop dogg was in it he was like the the uh the co-host and he actually had to improvise because shane mcmahon came back last night to fight the miz and he leapfrogged over 
the Miz and tore his quadricep. Oh. So he couldn't finish the match. So Snoop Dogg improvised, gave his his version of the uh the the doggy elbow. <laughs> but big news, you heard what the, the sale today, right? WWE? Yeah, selling out to what UFC. Is, yeah, UFC. That's and crazy. Connor Connor McGregor's already uh making some tweets. <laughs> That would be interesting for some crossover. Yeah. But Not that it'll, one, it'll happen. One's real, soon. though. <laughs> Wrestling's... Dude, you should saw Finn Balor's head. Uh-huh. He got whacked in the head with a ladder and had a big old gash up his head. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I couldn't help but notice, John Cena's going bald. And I felt like the camera just kept focusing on the back of his head. <laughs> he, they need to put him back in the toilet bowl helmet and get him out of the WWE. <laughs> He just did it just to like pass into the torch to the younger generation. That's why he came back. But um, yeah, other than that, I didn't really do too much. Like I wanted to play some video games, but I did yard work and that was about it. Sorry to hear it. I uh, we watched Hell House three. What'd you think of that one? I like it. I liked it better in part two. Yeah, the acting was so much better than two. Yeah, the the acting was incredibly hard to get through in two. Yeah, even though three, I think I could have did a better special effect at the end when the hell of fire starts. Yeah, what what the fuck is this? The junior high project? Like (laughs) it was bad. I don't even know what the hell they used. Um. I think that's all the horror I watched. Of course, we caught up on the Mandalorian because we're never. I'm still behind. They used some uh, tools of the optical trade in it this time. Oh, okay. So I'll show you when you watch it. Okay. What did you think of that bringing back uh, Ahmed Best as like not Jar Jar, but as a uh, Jedi? I'm cool with it. (laughs) He's better as a Jedi. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, some of the rumors or theories is that he was ordered by Senator Binks to go rescue Grogu. Uh, so we might get a Jar Jar flashback, maybe. Maybe, you never know. I hope they keep going because there's a lot of story we're missing between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So I feel like they're kind of using the Mandalorian to fill that. Yeah, and oh gosh, I was reading somewhere else that they're actually setting up like this story with the Mandalorian is actually setting up a new trilogy for the movies, you know, with the between the Mandalorian and Bubba Fett and everything. So we'll see. I I, I love the Mandalorian, so I'm not gonna be mad at that. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Plus they need to make something to make more money. Yeah, yeah, but apparently Disney's doing some layoffs, so it's not all great over at the House of the Mouse. It's fine. It really is. <laughs> they're just trying to hit that profit before the fucking summer hits, and then they're cash cha-chinging all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm behind on Mandalorian. I try to watch it soon. Uh, I just saw that the latest... Children of the Corn is out on demand, so maybe I'll put that in and waste 90 minutes before I go to bed. Oh, you're going to hate that. I know you're <laughs> going to hate that. Yeah, you know, I uh, Children of the Corn, it's like, uh, I don't know, I mean, like, 
I don't think I watched the last couple of them, but I definitely didn't. I want to see like this new re-imaging. Mm. Um, I didn't get to do any uh, news. I figure I guess it was only. I didn't a see days. a whole lot. No, nah, I mean the only thing that caught my attention really was the director of Black Panther wants to reboot the X Files, but with a diverse cast. I'm all right. I love the Black Panther, so I, I could. Yeah, see it's just like who cares about why do you have to put diversity in it? You know, it's just taken away from what you want to do. Just okay, put the best gonna... actor in the fucking role. It's that right. easy. Yeah, apparently there was supposed to be a cartoon like version in the works, but it was going to be like a comedy, like this. The cases that were too wacky for um, Fox and Scully. I wouldn't mind like a continuation, not a reboot, a continuation like, you know, Fox and Mulder, they're long retired they're out of the game, but someone wants to reopen the X-Files and you have new people interested. Yeah, you know? I mean, that would work because they're still around not doing much. So I think they would Damn. come in once in a while. Because, I mean, I really didn't care for like the last two seasons when they brought it back. I just felt didn't feel like it had the same pizzazz as like when it was originally on the air like i liked when robert patrick took over it was still good and um i was excited when they brought it back but it just didn't have that same mm. but that was my friday night back in the day when x-files was on friday nights when it first came out every friday night it was tgif followed by the x-files i go to wawa my mom we get doritos soda and ben and jerry and probably only spent like 10 bucks yeah <laughs> yeah do you remember the old school wawa hot dogs with the chili and the cheese and all that yeah oh man and they I were in the styrofoam my... yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I used to get them on my break at lunch you know and guys wawa when... used to be so much better when they had a better deli you remember you can buy the yeah deli by you the... eat the deli meat but when they had the bread brought in instead of making it there it was a yep. hundred times better yeah and that you had you could get your own roll you could pick which one you want yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah and they had their own rolls and they had the big yeah. pickle jar oh yeah wawa used to be the shit yeah i used to and then they just went corporate and yeah. now they their food isn't half as what it used to be in nope. my opinion Nope. I mean, the only thing I'll still get there is just like the the subs, and that's about it. Once in a while, I might get like a chicken sandwich, but Wawa's just not what it used to be. No, I miss the old Wawa. Yeah, you, you know, I like being in PA because Sheets Sheets knows how to do it. Sheets is good. I haven't had anything to eat at Sheets. Oh, you but... gotta eat the Sheets, brother. Yeah, because um, the, there's one about maybe twenty minutes from me. I remember the first time I went in there, I was just amazed at all the different variations of sodas. I was oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of shit at Sheets. Uh, like, co- they kill Wawa with the coffee drinks. They destroy that. Oh, their coffee's good? Oh, so good. Hmm. When we're at, when we stay over for the haunt, we make sure we hit Sheets the next morning. You wait a yeah. little longer, but it's so much better. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, like, the one Wawa by me is, like, three miles away, and has alcohol. And you know what the new Wawa's have now? A little dining area. What? The newer the newer models have a little dining room. Yep. I don't want that. I don't want to sit in a Wawa. <laughs> I don't want to fucking be a Wawa <laughs> to begin Come with. Come on, you, you get dinner in a movie or dinner in a show. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll watch The Office in my car as I eat the fucking... I mean, the, but uh, there's a plenty turkey hills around by me, though, and 
Turkey Hill sucks. Yeah. Their their sandwiches are horrible. Yeah, they're not good. No. Like we have right. Heritage, which is kind of our Turkey Hill, which is Her- yeah, okay. Heritage is good though. I like their sandwiches though. Uh some like some of the breakfast sometimes you get like a bad the breakfast sandwiches. Yeah, I mean I've only had a couple of breakfast sandwiches, but I it, to me it tastes a lot lot more fresh than Wawa though. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Plus there's more oh we have uh a lot it's called on Buck Road. They make like Kaiser breakfast sandwiches with like big slices of pork roll and okay. like bacon. Oh, it's so good. Have you ever had um was it Royal Farm? Yeah, I've had Royal Farms. Have you had their chicken? It's overrated. It is very overrated. Popeyes uh, is the way to go. You know, it's okay. I'll, I see your Popeyes, and I'll give you a quick mark. Their chicken. Okay. When someone told me that, I was like, you got to be out of your mind. He's like, no, you got to go and try it. Or quick stop is called. So I went to the one on Route 40, Maze Landing, not too far from the Maze Landing Diner. Because it's that was, crunchy chicken brand, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's good. It and is their good. Biscuits are, their biscuits are good, too. Yeah, Popeye's needs to work on their biscuits, because you can pretty much raise the Titanic with that fucking thing. <laughs> but uh, I can't do Chick-fil-A anymore. It, it, it bothers me. Why is that? Because they're Christians? No. Well, yeah, but no. Um... Yeah, you get the Lord's Day off though. It's a soggy chicken sandwich. Like it's mm-hmm. not the right home about. And you get like seven fries, and then it's always like ten ninety nine. Like how is this ten ninety nine? There's like a quarter of a potato and this runny ass sandwich. After I had that Popeye's chicken sandwich, I was done. I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, and I'm like, what are people dying over this for? Because oh, it's-, it's better than Chick Fil A. That's why. No, get out of here. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yep. Well, I guess I had a bad sandwich. I think I you did. For it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. Wendy's, that new. Uh, look at us talking about food, like we're into fucking getting somewhere. Um, we're foodies. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We're, we're big. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Now you guys are gonna be hungry in the car listening to this. But uh, the Wendy's. Uh, mozzarella, the Italian chicken with like okay. the fried, basically mozzarella stick on top. Yeah, so good. I have. I'm not a big fan of Wendy's though. Oh, you're missing out. Uh, McDonald's is my go-to when I do eat fast food. Yeah, yeah, I tell you though, the McDonald's right up by me. Their French fries are always on point. Is it a fast McDonald's? Because some are awesome. Some are like boom, 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 boom. Others, what the fuck are you doing? Um, well, yeah, I mean, well, I just order on the app and pick it up in the uh, okay. parking lot. And I tell you, though, I, I place my order, I drive there, I come in whatever zone I'm in. Within five minutes, I have my stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. for, for all you guys, we're, we're from the same area. The best McDonald's I ever had, and it was always good and always fast. I think and I, know I was home say. in five minutes, is the one right the across from the Sandcastle. Yeah. Oh, yes. That was that was the one I yes. always hit up on my way home from work. Don't go to the one by Inalang City. No, 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 Get into no. a fight. Yeah. <laughs> and they take to it, but the one outside, right by the baseball stadium, dude. Yeah. It was so fast, so hot. I'd never had an issue, and we're talking years. <laughs> yeah. When I was um back in Ocean City, when it was still. A nice place to not that it's not a nice place, but now it's just all touristy. Like they got rid of everything. I used to work at the 12th Street Playland, and there's the bus stop there on 9th Street. 
and the bus stop used to have a parking lot. I parked there right next to McDonald's and I would go in on my, and walk like the couple blocks to work, but I would just order large fries back when they used to put like so much salt on them. <laughs> and those, the, the French fries in Ocean City were always on point and then Super Size Me came out and they stopped putting like extra salt on the oh, French nice. fries and got rid of the Super Size, damn you, whatever your name was that made Super Size Me. So, uh, yeah. All right. I All right. We've done, we've done our food. Unless we've yeah, done I don't, like, I don't, car stories. I don't have any. Uh... <laughs> oh, I got some haunt news. They oh, are. They added. So basically, everything revolves around Trans World for the conventions. Yeah. And then they had Midwest Haunters Convention. Now, with the addition of Oaks, PA, the East Coast Haunters Convention by Trans World, there used to be Haunt Con. Now, they geared up with Fear Expo, and we're in Owensboro, Kentucky this year. Now, mm-hmm. HauntCon is moving to Orlando, Florida. So now there are two East Coast haunt conventions. Nice. Now, when is HauntCon? HauntCon. I don't remember. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> it's tough. Have you ever, you've never been? Have no, you? no. But if it's in Orlando, there's other shit to do in Orlando. So mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, out. that'd be great. I mean, it'd be great if you were able to get a booth or something like that, you know, and represent the HH three sixty five. Yeah, we'll look into it. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so major companies are bringing back conventions. How hardcore? So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I mean, March was a convention every weekend. Um, they just had to steal Steel Tom, City uh, Con. Steel, yeah. Steel, and did you see who they got to come in? Randy Quaid. I did say they finally got him to appear. It looked but nothing I'm like Randy Quaid. He did his. I don't know how true this is. is I didn't really look at the photos. Um, but a buddy of mine said he did uh, his photos and stuff at the Double Tree. I guess there's one near it, but you know he's got a warrant out for his arrest, and he's like living in Canada. So I don't know what. Maybe the maybe the statute of limitations ran out, but. He's looking like a conspiracy theorist. He is. They brought in um, the woman that played his wife in the movies, which I thought was really cool. That was cool. Day only. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, that's I remember when he was supposed to go to Monster Mania a few years ago, and I went to that one, and he couldn't get into the states because he had a, him and his wife had warned out for their arrest. Yeah, damn kids. Yeah. Um. And then also, I, I spoke with Rick Paulton today, and I said, you know, with his podcast, he 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 wants to do just different topics. So him and his son, his oldest son, who's 24, I'm like, damn, son, I didn't know you were that old to have a 24-year-old. But they did their WrestleMania predictions, and I said to him, I'm glad that I didn't take your predictions and go to the... Um, to bet on them because I lose all my money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check them out on the uh, Spotify, the whole damn enchilada. I finally um, caught up. I messaged them. I, okay. I like the last two. They came out really good. Yeah, yeah. He's getting there. He he wants to teach himself. You know, I give him some advice on how to do some things, but he likes to, he wants to do it all himself because that's the way you get better. Yep. So it is. Yeah. Yep. You should have saw the first episode of fucking Halloween Haunts, the podcast. Good. Oh, I should uh, yeah. go back and watch that yeah, one. Yeah, it's the one with Nikki. Go back and watch that piece of shit. Nikki okay. was great, but uh, on this side, it was terrible. Mm. Gotcha. Even the thumbnail was a big picture of me doing this. <laughs> God. 
But you got to um, learn. You got to learn. So in two weeks, well, uh, the week following when this comes out, uh, NJ Horrorcon is doing their horror side show market up in Edison. So I'm going to go up to that. Um, it, they're, they're bringing it back home. So their summer slash fall show will now be in Edison for the regular NJ Horrorcon. So the winner will be Showboat. Summer, fall will be in Edison, which is quite cool, you know, for those that live New York City area or wherever up that way. You don't have to drive the three hours now. So I'm going to go to the Horror Side Show Market. It's just a day. It's a pop-up con, basically. It started out during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, he had a convention, like in September 2020. He was thinking he was able to have it, but the restrictions didn't last or didn't lift. So he's like, let me just do something outside in the parking lot. Of the showboat, it was a good turnout. So it was a way for the convention goers. He Ryan Scott Murphy, yeah, Ryan Scott Murphy. Uh, well, I can't think of his name right now. Ryan Scott Weber was pretty much the one that thought of this, and then Monster Mania kind of followed suit, you know, with theirs. So it's hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. The one in October, it was a nice day. It wasn't really busy. Plus, it's haunt season. So we'll see what happens now that it's going back up in Edison. I'm going to meet uh, Jenna Benko. Um, you can follow her on. Yeah, you can follow her on Instagram. I got a free picture of her last time, but I never got an autograph because she saw me walking by and she yelled at me to come over. She smelled like uh, like uh, roses. So. <laughs> All right, creeper. Uh- <laughs> All right, right, so so we are jumping into a good nightmare movie. Can you believe it? It feels like a while. And this was the first one I saw in theaters. Very cool. It was a good one to watch in theaters. Good selection. It was, yeah. We are covering Wes Craven's New Nightmare as a 1994 American meta slasher film written and directed by Wes Craven, creator of 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. A standalone film in the seventh installment of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. It is not part of the same continuity as the previous films, instead portraying Freddy Krueger as a fictional movie villain who invades the real world and haunts the cast and crew involved in making the films about him. In the film, Freddy is depicted as closer to what Craven originally intended, being much more menacing and less comical with an updated Mm -hmm. attire and appearance. So... Now, I I still have the the movie in my mind, but not like scene by scene. This Freddy, does he think Heather Langenkamp is Nancy? Or... Yes. Okay, gotcha. All right. I remember just the opening scene with that glove, the mechanical glove, and like such a cool hey, opening scene. Yeah, yeah. Right. So good. As soon as I'm done burping over here. Every time I podcast. (laughs) The film features various people involved in the motion picture industry portraying themselves. Including Heather Langenkamp, who was compelled by events in the narrative to reprise her role as Nancy Thompson. New Nightmare features several homages to the original film, such as quotes and recreations of the most famous scenes. The film won an International Fantasy Film Award from Fantas Porto for Best Screenplay by Craven. 
whenever that award still goes on today. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll have to like Google a, that one. Yeah. New Nightmare was released on October 14th, 1994, grossing $19.8 million at the box office on a budget of $8 million, making it the poorest performing film in the Nightmare series. That's hard to believe. However, it received positive reviews from critics <laughs> and is considered by many as one of the best Nightmare movies and one of Wes Craven's most enduring films. It was followed by 2003's Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> We're going there, brother. I have a lot to talk about on that one. We'll have to cut the news out for that one so we can just yell at each other the whole time. Plot. Heather Langenkamp lives in Los Angeles, California with her husband, Chase, and their young son, Dylan. She is recognized for her role as Nancy Thompson from the Nightmare on Elm Street film series before focusing her career on television. One night, she has a nightmare that her family is attacked by a set of animated Freddy Krueger calls from an upcoming nightmare film, where two workers are brutally killed on set. Waking up to an earthquake, she spies a cut on Chase's finger exactly like the one he received in her dream, but she quickly dismisses the notion that it was caused by the claws. So that's the uh, uh, opening scene. It's set in, like kind of like a gothic area where freddy's building the glove again yeah and then he cuts off his hand Mm -hmm. mounts the mechanical glove and then the club starts going nuts and kills these two guys in front of dylan and then it's just a dream yeah and the earthquake the footage that was shown on the news was actually the la san francisco earthquake or whatever yeah yeah big earthquake Yeah. And they took full advantage of (laughs) B-roll. Yes, they did. Heather receives a call from an obsessed fan who quotes Freddy Krueger's nursery rhymes in an eerie Freddy-like voice. I remember this because, like, after, like, two sentences, she would hang up, and then he's like, uh, the last one was like, Freddy's coming for you! (laughs) (laughs) This coincides with a meeting she has with New Line Cinema where she is pitched the... Uh, they went too fast. Calm down. I know. So, it, it could cut out like the whole uh, the, talk show One thing. of the coolest scenes. So yeah. she's catching a limo, meeting with Julie the babysitter, who they kind of kind of red herring Julie a little bit. She's kind of got like a stern look on her face when she sees the uh, letters that have been sent. Mm. Like Kind of like maybe she's the one behind it. You, you got that vibe? Oh, yeah. Watch it again. You can see her okay. face. They added okay. the red herring to it. I remember. Julie! <laughs> so Nancy's on her way to a talk show with Robert. And uh, Robert pops out and scares the shit out of her in full makeup. And he's looking at all the kids. You're my children now. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's rushing Robert. Nobody cares that Nancy's there at the end. So they talk. Robert said, I think they would love a love story between us. I mean, we could still have a couple of decapitations, but our before he sat down for an interview, there was a guy dressed as Freddy. He's like, "Give me claw." <laughs> <laughs> cool scene. It was inspired mm-hmm. by an actual scene where Wes and Robert did a talk show about are you hurting kids, and like every kid in the audience is dressed as Freddy. Really? <laughs> and what, Robert's you... like, apparently not. <laughs> oh wow! I gotta find this on YouTube. Yeah, I don't I imagine. Been able to I imagine. Find it. I imagine it'd be like on Phil Donahue or Sally Jesse Raphael. I, I don't think it was that big. I think it was like a Hollywood uh, thing. Gotcha. Okay. So 
in the limo back, Nancy receives a call from Sarah Reiser, who is the executive producer for most nightmare films, saying, Hey, um, Wes and Bob want to run an idea by you. And she's like, Okay, when? She's like, Well, there's no time like the present. So they drive her to New Line. That's where this picks up. I wonder if his office really looked like that. Probably. Man made a lot of money. Yeah. I just remember all the cool, like, memorabilia and stuff he had in there yeah west did too this did, i don't remember west's I just, I just i just remember that scene well, she was at west's and... house and okay uh, you could see the computer the old computer and he had one of those infinity pools before anyone had an infinity uh, okay pool. yeah 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 i don't think it was his real house i'm pretty sure he said that and never yeah. sleep again because then people would like be like oh, i know right where that's at <laughs> <laughs> This coincides with a meeting she has with New Line Cinema, where she has pitched the idea to reprise her role as Nancy in a new Nightmare film, which, unbeknownst to her, Chase has been working on. She returns home and sees Dylan watching her original film, and Dylan has a severely traumatizing episode where he screams at her. The frequent calls and Dylan's strange behavior cause her to call Chase. And he agrees to rush home from his workplace at Palm Springs as the two men from the opening dream did not report for work. Chase falls asleep while driving in what was okay CGI for the time because mm-hmm. he's scratching at his dick. So it makes Chase scratch. <laughs> so Chase falls asleep while driving and is slashed by Freddy's claw and dies. So the claw comes out of the seat, rips, grabs right here and rips him all the way down. His death seems to affect Dylan even further, which concerns Heather's longtime friend and former co-star, John Saxon. He suggests she seek medical attention for Dylan and herself as she has a, has a nightmare at Chase's funeral. Funeral? Okay, Jared. So, funeral. I think, John, I think which, John Saxon got as much screen time in this as he did in the original and part three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chase's funeral in which Freddy tries to take Dylan away. Pretty cool scene. They're being He's on top of the uh jungle gym or whatever, right? That was after the funeral. Um There's an another earthquake, right? Yeah, there was an earthquake at the funeral, but Heather had a dream where Freddy was pulling them through the casket. Ah, see, I don't remember that. Okay. But that was her being knocked out. Okay. So he's grabbing Dylan through the casket. She's holding them, but that's in her dream. Gotcha. So the other piece is they go to a park, I guess another day. And, you know, she's trying to see what John thinks about Dylan. And then they're talking and they look up and Dylan's trying to reach for God. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. God doesn't want me. And then he falls, over, falls off and she catches him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan's health continues to deteriorate, becoming increasingly paranoid about going to sleep and fearing Freddy Krueger, even though Heather has never shown Dylan her films. She visits nightmare creator Wes Craven, who admits to having pre-nogative nightmares that the films captured an ancient supernatural entity, which has now been freed after the film series ended with the release of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. In the guise of Freddy, the entity now focuses its primarily foe on Heather as killing her will allow it into the real world. Robert England, who portrayed Freddy in the films, also has a strange knowledge of it, describing that new Freddy to Heather, then disappearing from all contact shortly thereafter. Another red herring. So they kind of set up all four of them to be like, we're fucking with you. 
Yeah. Bob Shea would answer his phone, which was weird. Uh, Wes Craven couldn't tell her anymore because he wasn't done writing. And Robert drew a painting of the new Freddy. Yeah. So pretty cool scenes. I kind of wish they just talked a little bit more about this entity, though. Like, go deeper, like they did in Sinister. Have, like, a professor go into it. Yep. That would have made more sense. Well, wouldn't it be considered the the three demons from Freddy's Dead? No, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Because it's kind of like a Halloween 2018 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were only involved in, all of them were only involved in one and three. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, following another earthquake, Heather takes a traumatized Dylan to the hospital, where Dr. Hefner suspects an abuse. So, Jesse remained under her observation. So, Heather has, I don't know if it was after she came back or before she came back. So, she's like, there's only one thing we can do. And she throws up a bladed uh, surgery glove with, like, steak knives. So, mm-hmm. we gotta cut this evil out. Cool scene. She played it awesome. And is that bef- oh, no, that's like when she came back and they said, Where's your pass? Yep, that's when it yeah. comes back. And I, that yeah. nurse was Wes Craven's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't Lynn was Lynn Shay in this? Lynn Shay was in this. Who did she play? I gotta re- I don't remember. Okay. But I think a nurse in the hospital. Okay. So Heather returns home for Dylan's stuffed dinosaur while his babysitter Julie tries unsuccessfully to keep the nurses from sedating the sleep-deprived boy. After Dylan falls asleep from the sedative, Freddy brutally kills Julie in Dylan's dream. Which was cool. Just like Tina was killed in Nightmare yeah. 1. And he goes, Julie! Yeah. <laughs> and I love the look of Freddy in the trench coat and a new fedora. Oh yeah, it was like a good. I really, I really like that look. Capable of sleepwalking, Dylan leaves the hospital of his own accord while Heather chases him home across the interstate as Freddy taunts and dangles him before traffic. And that was kind of cool until he like dangled him up in the air. Yeah, like, it, and up, then right? the green screen was really bad and mistimed. Yeah. If they took yeah. a couple more takes with it, I think it would have worked better. Yeah. Upon returning home, Heather realizes that reality is starting to overlap with Freddy's make-believe realm. With Saxon as Nancy's father, Don Thompson, and her street, the exterior of her house and her clothes have all transformed into Nancy's. Why are you calling me Nancy, John? Why are you calling me John, Nancy? I didn't pick up on the clothes, but I picked up on... She got the gray streak. She got the gray streak. Yeah. Ah. So yeah, that was a funny scene. Why are you calling me Nancy, John? Why are you calling... (laughs) When Heather embraces Nancy's role... Freddy emerges completely into reality and abducts Dylan into his world. Heather finds a trail of Dylan's sleeping pills and follows him to a hellish construct of Freddy's boiler room. It was more like a cavern or like the Seven Sins. Yeah. Freddy fights off Heather and chases Dylan into a furnace. Dylan escapes the furnace, doubles back to Heather, and together they push Freddy into the furnace and light it. The one thing we didn't talk about was Rex because Rex protected him in one of his earlier dreams. Yeah, so um, Rex is a stuffed animal that Freddy slashed and they sewed up with Dr. Julie. I think in the in the uh, dream world, Rex should have came alive and we'd have the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. You know, That would have been a cool idea. <laughs> Dylan escapes the furnace, doubles back, lighting it, destroying both the monster and its reality. 
Dylan. Now, what did you think of like when he like was trying to eat Dylan and his jaw extended? Like it was a, it, it's a demon at this point. He could do whatever the fuck it wants. Yeah. I thought it looked kind of hokey though. It, it looked bad. That's yeah. what I'll take from it. It the head didn't look good. They should have yeah. brought Tom Savini in. <laughs> There's only certain people that could do that shit. What about Kevin Yeager? Kevin Yeager could probably do it. Yeah. But I mean you're going augmented people. I'm going Tom all day. Mm. Dylan and Heather emerge from under the blankets, and Heather finds a copy of the recent events and a screenplay at the foot of the bed. Inside is written, thanks from Wes for defeating Freddy and playing Nancy one last time. That was cool. Yeah. The smoke's coming out of the blanket with him. Mm. I thought that was a cool effect. Her victory helps imprison the entity of the film's franchise, Fictitious World, once more. Dylan asks if it is a story, and Heather agrees before opening the script and starts reading from its pages. Cast. Heather Langenkamp as herself and Nancy Thompson. Following her initial success in both the original Nightmare on Elm Street and Dream Warriors, Langenkamp took on the role of Marie Lubbock, Lubbock in Love the... It. Lubbock, okay. ABC mm-hmm. sitcom Just the Ten of Us. However, she was later stalked by an obsessed fan who was unhappy the series was canceled. Not leading, that it was a great series. <laughs> yeah, leading to her temporarily moving to England. Oh, wow. In the film, Langenkamp's character is also stalked through harassing phone calls. Robert England as himself and the entity slash Freddy Krueger. England's performance as Freddy is notably toned down in this film compared to its predecessors with less focus on comedic quips and more on the sinister aspect of his character. The Kruger costume was also altered to become darker with more organic makeup and a revised glove. Mm. In the film, England also plays himself as both an actor and painter. According to the 2010 documentary Never Sleep Again, a scripted but ultimately unfilmed sequence would have seen England transformed into a fly and trapped in the web of a giant Freddy spider and a homage to the 1958 film The Fly. That would have been fun. It would have been. <laughs> the sequence was not shot due to time and budgetary constraints. But the only thing is I felt like it would take it back to the comedic elements and away from like the re-grounded part of it. You know? Yeah. Like, I could see that like in any other Freddy movie. Yeah. But that would have been cool to see. Yeah. Miko Hughes is Dylan Porter. Hughes plays the son of Heather Langenkamp and Chase Porter whose mental health begins to deteriorate after his encounter with Freddy. Hughes was no stranger to horror films, having previously acted in the role of Gage Creed in 1989 film Pet Cemetery. Now, what do you think role was better? Pet Cemetery or is, uh, or never, uh, you know, I haven't seen Pet Cemetery in close to 15, 20 years. Wow. You should revisit that. All I remember is sometimes dead is better. (laughs) If you go and watch that, you will notice how, great of an actor Miko Hughes is compared to his counterpart who played his sibling. That little bitch, I wanted to slap every scene <laughs> she was in because she can't act. I'll have to go back. Uh, John Saxon as himself and Donald Thompson. Since his previous appearance in the Elm Street film, Saxon had kept himself busy primarily with lower budget movies and TV work. He was keen to appear in The New Nightmare as he thought it likely to be the last film in the Elm Street saga. In the film, Saxon plays himself and gives on-screen daughter, on-screen daughter Langenkamp some advice about how to best treat her son, Dylan. 
Tracy Middenhorf as Julie. Middenhorf plays Julie, Dylan's babysitter, and Heather's best friend. According to Middenhorf in the Nightmare in the Never Sleep Again documentary, she was created in part to act as a red herring regarding <laughs> Heather's stalker. Film editor Patrick Lucier revealed in the same documentary that Julia was originally scripted to be working as an avatar for Freddy, mm-hmm. but this was ultimately changed to her being killed by him. Julie's death mimics that of Tina Gray from the original film, with a rotating room again being used to simulate Freddy's dragging her across the ceiling. So they built the fucking room again. That's cool. David Newsom is Chase Porter in the film. Newsom plays Chase Porter, Heather's husband, and a special effects artist working for New Line Cinema. The role of Chase was originally offered to Heather Langenkamp's real-life husband, David Leroy Anderson, but he declined as it would be too close to the bone. <laughs> Newsom recalled in 2010 how he looked nothing like a typical special effects artist who tended to be much bigger than him with longer hair. Because <laughs> he was a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Fran Bennett as Dr. Christine Hefter. Bennett, an accomplished film and theater actress, plays Dr. Hefter, who initially suspects that Heather may be inadvertently harming her child. Wes Craven named Bennett's character after former MPAA ratings chief Richard Hefter, with whom <laughs> he had clashed many times over the censorship of his films. That's funny. Yeah. Wes Craven as himself. Director Craven initially scripted himself as a man driven insane by nightmares who had cut off his own eyeballs to stay awake and was being driven by Michael Berryman's character from The Hills Have Eyes. Craven decided to opt for a more comforting setting of being in an opulent house in the Hollywood Hills. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with that dude? Hmm. Robert Shea is himself. Shea appears as himself in order to convince Heather Langenkamp to take part in the new Nightmare on Elm Street film. Shea would later remark in the Never Sleep Again documentary, I don't think I did a particularly good job, but I was okay. Shea had previously appeared as a bartender in an S&M theme bar in Nightmare 2, as a teacher in Nightmare 4, as a ticket man in Freddy's Dead, and a funeral minister in the Freddy's Nightmare episode Mm. Killer Instinct. Uh, Marianne Madalena as herself, Sam Rubin as himself, Sarah Reiser as herself, Claudia Haro as a New Line Cinema receptionist, Matt Winston and Rob LaBelle as Chuck and Terry, two special effects workers, Lynn Shea as Nurse with Pill. She played the teacher in the original film and, according to Never Sleep Again, was pleased to return as another <laughs> generic public servant. She, I bet she's a blast to talk to. She seems like she's fine. Probably. I mean, she, yeah. she's still alive, right? Oh, yeah. She's still doing movies, too. Yeah. Nick Corey as himself. Corey played Rod in the original movie. Tuesday Night as herself. Knight played Kristen Parker in the fourth movie. I wonder, like, if they had maybe another scene or two and just got cut for a time. No, they were all at the funeral. Right, but I wonder if, like, they had a scene with Nancy. Oh, maybe. Just got cut, you know. Freddy Krueger's appearance in New Nightmare was the uh, original concept Wes Craven had for the character in The Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, what was the difference? I mean, the only thing that was really different was, of course, the look and his trench coat. Mm It's not like my man Jason where he's got a different look every movie. <laughs> he's picking up fashion from the campers. <laughs> it's like I like that fucking tack belt. I'm gonna wear mm-hmm. I'm gonna rock that shit. 
Written under the working title, A Nightmare on Elm Street 7, The Ascension, Wes Craven set out to make a deliberately more cerebral film than recent entries to the franchise, which regarded as being cartoonish and not faithful to the original themes. The basic premise originated when Craven first signed on to co-write Dream Warriors, but then New Line Cinema rejected it. Would you consider Wes Craven like almost like the James Cameron of the horror genre? As in, like, good James Cameron or, like, over-the-top James Cameron? I would say good, like, pre-Avatar Jim Cameron. I think so, because they yeah. both broke ground. They both did stuff nobody... But, I mean, horror has a lot more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was weird to see a Wes Craven movie that wasn't a horror movie, too. Like, I'm talking drama with Meryl Streep. Yeah. You know, because when people think Wes Craven, you think horror. Yeah. But... Like, even, like, with John Carpenter, I think he did, like, a comedy or a drama. I'm like, what the f*** is he doing doing this? Uh, yeah, I mean, horror's got a lot of them. A lot of groundbreakers. Yeah. yeah and I, I love James good. Cameron, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like James Cameron up until, like, I guess Titanic. Is, what did he do after that, really? Avatar? I don't know if there's anything in between. I'd have to look back. But like But that man did his fucking homework on Titanic. The man oh, well, went down the Titanic. I am not no, like that's <laughs> why I I don't like I mean, I could care less about the love story yeah. of the movie. I just like just I mean, yeah, it was a groundbreaking film, but I feel like his twilight years are gonna be wasted on this fucking avatar crap give me a good terminator movie yeah give me give me a, a you know like uh, something bring you know i mean like the terminator dark fate i kind of liked it because it was like a direct sequel to part two and they killed eddie furlong yeah um, but i just can't get in those damn avatar films i nah, mean either man like i i fell asleep four times during the first one i didn't i don't get the buzz and i don't care what the fuck you say Endgame was a hundred times better than Avatar, so suck it. Endgame, which one was that? The Avengers. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. There's fights between that. They're like, well, inflation's the only reason I beat it. No, it's not. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. How's it not, though? It's kind of true. Could be, but Endgame was still better. I liked Infinity War better than Endgame, but that's just me. You probably cried at Endgame, too, didn't you? No, Terry did. <laughs> so did Irene. <laughs> I think my son Cole did too. Okay. Yeah, he did actually. I looked over even. You know, it's funny seeing that real quick. Um someone did like they took from Civil War when they're the Avengers are watching like uh like when talking about the the, the Accords. The, the Accord. Yeah. Um it was when the and like Captain America looks back at Tony because they found out when Tony Tony was in agreement. But it was when an Avengers, when the Avengers screen new candidates, and it was um, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I've seen that meme pop up a lot. Classic it was video. when Robert Downey Jr. got arrested for the whole thing he did, and then okay. they blast the Captain America going. Yeah, that was the video, but it was his character from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> oh my god. Uh good times. All right, where the hell are we at here? Okay. Um in New Nightmare. Yeah. 
Kruger was portrayed closer to what Craven had imagined, darker and less comical. To reinforce this, the character's makeup and outfit were enhanced, with one of the most prominent differences being now that he wears a long blue-black trench coat. In addition, the signature glove was redesigned for a more organic look, with the fingers resembling bones and having muscle textures in between. While Robert England again plays the character Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger is credited as himself in the end credits. I did, I did catch that, yeah. While earthquake scenes were already written into the film from the beginning, production of the film happened to take place c- concurrently with the 1994 Northridge earthquake in Los Angeles. As such, the production team decided to incorporate real footage of the earthquake structural damage into the film. Cool scene when she woke up from the earthquake is that the wall cracked in the shape yeah. of the Freddy glove. Cool effect. In the shape of the Freddy glove, really? The four slashes. Oh, oh the slashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Craven had intended to ask Johnny Depp, whose feature film debut was in the first film, to make an appearance as himself, but was too timid to ask him. Upon running into each other after the film's release, Depp said he would have been happy to do it. Craven, you pussy! Would, would, but would he be credited as Oprah Nipple Cheek or whatever it was? Craven <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> kept most of the wardrobe from the first film as souvenirs before New Line Cinema threw them all away and reused some of it for that's New cool. Nightmare. You that's know, fun. like... And that's what Hollywood does. They don't see it as memorabilia because to them it's just clothing. But it was Carrie Fisher's mom, Debbie Reynolds, who spent her entire life savings rescuing all these clothes because the studios were going to throw them out. And I mean, when I say... Like the the wardrobe she has were from big movies, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies. I mean, it pretty much almost bankrupt her. But without her, all the stuff would have been lost. And I wonder if they they do think about this now. Like they have to with the amount of museums yeah. and eBay. I'm sure everything's even especially for like now. um especially like the new museum that opened up last year by the academy it's like uh i mean they got bruce the shark in there they restored bruce the shark yeah and jaws and it's in there like i want to go there one day i saw bruce the shark one time did you it was at bally's the real bruce the shark yeah really they had it moving around and everything oh wow yeah that's cool i was young very young probably six or seven and they had the shark from jaws they had like a He-Man entrance with just blue smoke. I don't I don't really remember. I just remember that shark moving around. That was cool. Now was it Bruce the Shark or his second cousin removed from Jaws the Revenge? <laughs> I, I just remember being the original shark from that's, Jaws. That's cool though. That's awesome. I, I can't remember why the hell we were there or what, but it was it was in between Bally's and Claridge. You remember that little tunnel yeah. they had? It was in that yeah. room. Okay, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's weird memory. I don't remember how getting there. I just remember seeing. The you just show. remember you just remember going through Castle Grayskull to get to it. Yeah, there was like a Castle Grayskull entrance. It was fucking bizarre. <laughs> Interesting. And I think the Batmobile was there. The like the Adam West one. Yeah, or the the, the, that's cool. Adam West one. Nice. Or was it both? 
I think they had both. That's cool. I don't remember. We're talking fucking decades ago. Anyway, back to uh, Mr. Mr. Kruger. Both New Line executives Sarah Reicher and director Craven said that the shoot was relatively easy and free from complications. Reflecting on the filming of Never Sleep Again some 16 years after the movie was released, Reicher commented all of the other directors had to be guided through, but Wes by then was the master. The film's self-referential style would be explored further in the following year's screen. Also mm. directed by the master. He directed all three of them, right? The first three? I think. Yes, and he had and four. He directed four, too? Craven directed four. Oh, I'll, I'll double check, okay. but I'm pretty sure. Let's say. Hey, you're probably right. I just forgot because I don't like that movie. <laughs> I don't think he did three. Uh, now you gotta be curious. Hey, you th- uh, three was Craven. Hmm. Uh, Scream two. I want to say he missed one. Uh, two, and I'm pretty sure he did four. I liked how at the end of six they thanked Wes Craven again. That was nice. yeah, yeah. He yeah. did four. Okay, so he did one through four. Yep. I think he held that closer to the chin than uh, Nightmare. You think? I do. I mean, Freddie put him on the map, but I think he had more fun with the meta verse of Scream. Yeah, because he was in yeah. horror for so long. Now he gets to make fun of it while making these red heron movies. Right. Right. All right, so the film was made for the celebration of the 10th anniversary of the original film's release. Both New Nightmare and the 1995 comedy film Tommy Boy were dedicated to production designer of A New Nightmare on Elm Street, Greg Fonseca. And here we are almost 40 years later from the release of uh-huh. You're Old, Man. One more year. I Dude. bet you we're going to get a definitive box set. They're going to announce it. What are we in? 220? I say they're going to announce it in the fall. Probably. Who died shortly after the release of A New Nightmare. Box office. On the film's opening weekend, it made $6.6 million. Burnt. Ranking third at the box office. It went on to gross $19.8 million worldwide, making it the poorest performing film of the Nightmare franchise. Which I still can't get over because it was... I think it's because Freddy was so different, people boycotted it. Yeah, I guess you could say... uh... This is like the Halloween 3 or Friday Part 5 of the franchise, per se. Yeah, that came bigger after it went to film or DVD. In the 2010 documentary Never Sleep Again, it is suggested that the film opening against Pulp Fiction may have damaged its Mm. potential box office. I like Pulp Fiction, but I don't get the hype. Like, it was okay. Well, Quentin Tarantino was hot at that time. I mean, he's fresh off of Reservoir Dogs. Which was so much better. Yeah, you know, I think it was, I mean, I don't know. Like, when I first watched it, I was, like, I was confused. Like, I really had to. It was You definitely have to rewatch Pulp Fiction to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, and the fact that, like, the movie that we never got was um, the Michael Madsen character and the John Travolta character were like brothers or cousins or something. Hmm. And I like Michael Madsen. Yeah, I think he always did a good job. Yeah. 
Uh, New Nightmare is Robert England's favorite nightmare movie. I think okay. it stands the test of time. A fun reunion with original cast members like Heather and John. Wes's script is clever and original. And it's the self-referential horror story, also known as Meta. Heather Langenkamp is also very supportive of the movie, saying, I was just really shocked that I was in the movie so much. I had totally forgot that I was the star of that movie. It was interesting because all my scenes are kind of alone, and I was acting against the tension and the idea of Freddy that we all had at that time. Here you go. Okay, so I wanted to see what movies were out October 14th, 1994. How did the specialist with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Sharon Stone, they came in second place that weekend. But here are the first three numbers of New Nightmares gross for that weekend. Six, six, six. Yep. Six million six hundred sixty-seven thousand one hundred eighteen dollars. That's awesome. Forrest Gump was still playing. <laughs> um hold on, let's see. And that was out like for months. <laughs> Um, these this will bring you back memories. The River Wild with Meryl Streep, where I think Kevin Bake Kevin Bacon like holds her hostage, right? Wait, water rafting or something. You remember Little Giants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, only you. That sounds familiar. Exit to Eden with um Dan Aykroyd and um ah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Rosie yeah. McDonald. What's her name? Rosie whatever. Quiz Shawshank Redemption was out for eight weeks, which. Fantastic movie. Quiz show, Jason's Lyric, The Client, True Lies, um, Angels in the Outfield, <laughs> Speed was out for 13 weeks, and then Renaissance Man. Oh, yeah. I love Not True a lot Lies. Of, uh, True Lies is great. There's a TV show, but... Oh. Yeah. All right, back to New Nightmare. All right, we're just going to hop into the fun facts, and then we're going to close out and have one left of the franchise, and we got to find shit to do. Yeah. All right. In this film, Freddy is depicted much closer to Wes Craven than originally attended. However, in 2015, before Wes Craven's death, he would admit he regretted changing his appearance and said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which is why he kept Ghostface Mask the same every screen movie. But, okay... His, I mean, his his appearance changed in every film. Really, it was really. But there like, was still a base. It wasn't that as dramatic as New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like next to the original and part two. I would say this look isn't like my third favorite. But that's why I don't like Ghostface. It's the same stupid mask in every movie. At least they got a little creative and had the OG mask, and it was all like deteriorating. Oh, well, it was funny because. Uh... Who was it? Who's Sean Clark? Yeah, his uh counterpart on the podcast. Uh I don't Chris. know his name off I know who you're talking about. Chris, yeah. he said that since it's like a vinyl mask, it won't do that. It'll just turn a little yellow. <laughs> so they kind of didn't uh rip his Halloween twenty eighteen mask off a little bit. There you go. Right from a mask producer's face, right there, guys. There you go. The television show appearance was inspired by a real encounter. According to Wes Craven, Robert England and I did an appearance together on public television in San Francisco area. It was about whether this kind of movie was bad for children or not. 
There were parents in the audience and then kids. All the kids leaped to their feet and started chanting, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. I remember looking at the show host and the parents and they all look horrified. <laughs> the events in the film revolve around Heather Langenkamp having a stalker. In real life, she did have a stalker. And Wes Craven got her permission to weave that into the story. Director Wes Craven had intended to ask Johnny Depp to make an appearance. We already read that. In reality, Heather Langenkamp's real husband, David Lee Roy Anderson, is a special effects man as he is in the film. I don't her know what he sounds. What's that? Her sounds like a serial it killer. It does. Why are you using the middle name, bro? It's a little <laughs> sketchy. The film has no opening titles to blur the illusion of whether it's a film, a documentary, or something else altogether. All of the earthquake sequences in the film were actually filmed one month prior to the Los Angeles quake of 94. The real quake struck only two weeks before the ending of filming. Subsequently, a unit was sent out to drive film drive-by footage of actual quake-damaged areas of the city before the end of filming. The cast and crew believed the earthquake scenes that were filmed before the real quake struck were perhaps a bit overdone, but when viewed after the real quake hit, all were frightened by the realism of it. Before making this movie, Wes Craven watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. By the time he was finished, he claimed that he could not follow the storyline at all. He further regards the sequels to be weak compared to his original masterpiece. Okay, not wrong. Although part two was a good, I mean, part two was good though. I mean, Freddy was still dark. Yeah. I mean, I mean, although they... But they broke every fucking rule he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> The bioengineered hand and glove that Freddy uses in the film, as opposed to the glove used in prior films, is actually derived from the artwork of the theatrical poster and video box covers of A Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Mm-hmm. If you notice, the glove is just a steel hand with mm-hmm. uh, red veins and blades. Yeah, yeah. With a skull behind always, it. Always made you wonder why did they intended to be like that in the original, and they're just like, frick it, we're not changing the poster. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But he kind of has it in two, too. Oh, really? Yeah. And three. There's veins on three. Four, there's no glove. Maybe maybe they... It's another symbolism, like, maybe the glove is a part of him as opposed to just, like, an appendage. Yeah, because there's veins in the first three movies. Yeah. That's pretty wild. I never noticed that. And number 10, Dr. Hefner is a nod to Richard Hefner, head of the MPAA, and bane of Wes Craven's filmmaking career. <laughs> that was the right. nightmare. I would say my... Out of my top five, well, I would say one, two, three. There's only really four that I like. The rest, I'm just like, you know, one, two, three in this one. And uh, the way you feel about the reboot that's how i feel about freddy versus jason i'm ready to pick that piece of shit apart let's pick it apart (laughs) baby it's next it's next we don't know if we're gonna do that next or maybe do a break and uh i found some interesting things that i can write up just give it the big rick paulton had messaged me and um i was looking at it he uh, he said, damn, try to get on your live and it won't let me stream WWE Raw and Twitch at the same time. 
First time in like forever it notified me you were on though. Sounded from the two seconds I heard you guys were doing New Nightmare, one of my all-time favorite movies. Such a unique way of telling a story. Wes was a genius. Yes, he was. Yes. We're I had to say like probably New Nightmare is probably in everyone's top five of their friends. Oh movies. yeah, without a doubt. And it it wasn't for me. I didn't want to go see it in the theater. I don't know what who the fuck that man was, but it was not Freddy Krueger. But you know, I don't think I went to the theaters to see that. No, I rented it from, uh, uh, I think they were called Dell Beach Video down here. I think that's what it was. Oh, yes. I've heard of that. Yeah. So it was a little mom and pop shop, and I rented it there. I fell in love. I loved it. I still enjoy watching it. Like, every time it ends, I'm like, I always forget how good that fucking movie is. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I know we talked about this, but there is a fan film coming out called Dylan's New Nightmare. I know you've already picked it apart because they use like a part five glove in it. You said no, they use the remake glove in it. Oh, the remake. Oh god, the remake glove. They all look the same to me. No, <laughs> I can easily show. But you it's it's cool because um, you know, uh, Miko Hughes reprises his role as Dylan. It's a fan film. I I did um contribute to it so i'll get a dvd when you know the perk goes out but like a lot of fan films this got held up because of covid i don't know how if they're done i haven't i have to go to like the facebook page or something like that but you know my friend vince desani who created um, the never Hike alone series i know he was working on this project and vince is like you know anything he works on it's going to be good. I so. listened to the thing with Two Heads podcast, and they mentioned Never Hike Alone, and uh, he he liked it. He liked oh, yeah? it a lot. Nice. Yeah. Have you seen the Never Hike Alone? No. It's not bad. Like, say you're at a hotel next time for work, and you want to ca- kill an hour. Watch it. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't follow like any of the other movies until the end. Like, you'll get a nice little surprise. Uh, he filmed what you could do. Well, no, I want you to. I want you to experience the right way because there's the ghost cut, which puts together the prequel "Never Hike in the Snow." There was a music video um, that take that was shot. That it's a very melodramatic type song, and it takes place in between "Never Hike in the Snow" and "Never Hike Alone," and then it goes to "Never Hike Alone," which so we'll say like an hour and 45 minutes altogether. But I want you to watch Never Hike Alone by itself first to get that. Oh, wow. It's cool how they did it at the very end. Very cool. Yeah. And then, you know, you could always watch His Name Was Jason and get that two-second cameo of yours, truly. Who was I talking to that watched that? I was talking to someone who... Oh, my buddy Bruce watched it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, thank you, because he'll listen to this eventually. He's behind on here, but he's up to yeah. date on Haunt, so we're good. <laughs> Bruce, you better get on it. <laughs> Hopefully he liked it. I know it wasn't for everyone, because Dave and Jason took it back to the core where there was character development. Was there was the diner scene a little too long for a lot of people? Yeah, um, but Dave's a storyteller, you know? And um, like when the guys got killed... You felt you felt bad. It wasn't like let's just go for the hack and slash and the, the blood and guts. And plus, Haley graduated the Tom Savini School. This was her first big project. He said the she, effects were good. 
yeah, she nailed it. She nailed it really good with, you know, the tongue being ripped out, the the knife or the, the machete going up the guy and his stomach innards just falling out, which is just sausage, sausage, by the way. My favorite scene, though, was the barbed wire slicing the neck. That was great. So put that on your list, too, and here for road travel. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to uh, – good chance I'm in Canada next week. A. You gonna go to a Bob Evans? No. What's is that the popular thing? Oh no, um, Jim Horton, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, and it's not all it's cracked up to be. The coffee no? was okay. meh. Gotcha. I went the last time I was there. Have you ever watched um, How I Met Your Mother? No. Barney, played by um, Neil Patrick Harris, hates Canadians. <laughs> oh, great! Whenever they would talk about it's the one girl who was actually she played. Um, she was any of the Avengers. Yeah, movies. the cute uh agent. Yeah, there. her her character from Canada. So and that was just fodder for Barney. It was, it was great. So um all right. Well, this is New Nightmare, another great review. This is episode 30, bro. Is it really 30 straight weeks? I don't think we've taken a break, have we? There are no breaks. There are no breaks. There but no uh breaks. yeah. Third, third. We're catching up some other podcasts that's been out for Almost two years, and only have like seventy episodes out. So yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, yeah. guys, make sure you subscribe. We're we're on that road to a hundred. We got some good stuff coming, including some true crime things. Me and Brian are working behind the scenes for filming uh, location. Filming location, we're working on. He may and kill me, to, but we'll we'll try to get shout it done. out. Oh, you better get it done, mother. Shout out to Dave Brown for sending the pictures of the Annieville house. Yeah, it's looking yeah. it's looking good. Glad he didn't get arrested. Well, I don't think as long as you're not like walking on their property. I mean, you can't stop someone from just parking across the street and taking a picture. That's true. You know, I you know, I wonder if like you know how popular drones are. I wonder if it has like a no fly zone over the house. You can only really do that through the FAA. Because uh, certain drones, you need a FAA license to run. Really? My buddy had to take a whole FAA licensure oh, wow. for, because uh, uh, insurance companies are using them for roofs. Yeah. Yep. And he yeah. has to learn how to like make a flight plan and all this. So depending on the are you drone. Serious? Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. Crap. There's no. Now, is this. So this is for a particular type of drone, you said, right? It's the, like the $4,000 drone. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's that's cool. But they might have something set up for there. Now in that fucking town, they do. Reveal your secrets, goddammit. I know. Wouldn't it be great to go like in the archives and do some digging? I, I would. I would love it. Love it. I wonder if, I wonder if anyone can just go down there and like, can I read your archives, or do you have to have like some type of like press badge? I think you have to have a press badge because one of the documentaries I watched, it was like a higher end YouTuber got to like go look at the gun because they still have the gun. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'm surprised that's not like in a museum somewhere. Like, well, it's Alcatraz. Yeah, why is it not in the museum? True. Yeah. Questions. Questions. Do they have Questions. a museum for? Like, I know, like, like Zach Baggins Museum. Is there anything like that other than his? Do you know, of? there's there's a murder museum in really? um. Hollywood. They have a bunch of Gacy stuff, a bunch of Ramirez stuff. Zach Baggins has a lot of that too. Yeah, um, well, you heard all the stuff coming out about him now, right? People who used to work with him or oh him yeah, out. calling him out hardcore. 
Yeah. Not surprised. He looks like a dick. He was probably like a nerd in high school, and then dude, if you watch out. Ghost Adventures one, he was skinnier than my kid, and apparently he <laughs> did four thousand curls a day and started wearing tight shirts. And the season two, he's jacked. Well, yeah, up he, top's big. He would wear like the Jenko jeans and a tight yeah. muscle shirt uh-huh. <laughs> with the with the glasses. Like, yeah. come on, bro. Like he's he, he's got a lot of cool shit. He built an empire. He did. And, you know, real or fake, he, he worked his ass off to do what he did. Yeah. yeah. But if these allegations are true, that's not cool. Mm. Try, to, try and monopolize, you know. Oh, um, the, everybody does that, though. Yeah, Not just in the paranormal world. Every in world. Every, every community, yeah. I wish you fucking think- Amazon would monopolize all these fucking streaming services. <laughs> yeah. One streamer to rule them exactly. All. <laughs> you could buy them all, but Disney probably. So you'll be fine. Just, I. It's a lot of money, but you'll make it in like three months. Yeah, yeah. that's just all I want. I just one fucking streaming service, and I don't even care if it's a hundred a month because it would be worth it. Well, that's what you're basically you're paying right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just like yeah, it'd be it'd be rather than going through ten different applications to find something to watch, you're going through one to find something to watch, and then you don't. Then and you nothing's out. updated to tell you where it is because you could type it in where is this streaming, and it'll yeah. tell you, but it's not there because it was from September. Right. Exactly. Yep. So maybe there's an app. Here's a billion dollar idea. Someone keep track of where everything's streaming. Do it like a dollar a month subscription. There you go. I made you a fortune. You're lucky I can't make it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't don't test me. I'll learn to code. Shit. There you go. All right. Well, all right, man. Episode 30 of the books. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us. I, I don't remember. Yeah, how help us get to a hundred and you can win a can of uh can of stew, bitches. Can of stew. I got I got two cans. One looking for a go to a good home. I'm 20 away from 500 on haunt. And I'm just, nice, yeah. Real organic follows, might I add. Yeah, nothing paid for. Nobody yeah. from Africa. <laughs> Alrighty, sir. I'll see you next week. Yeah, uh, we'll figure out this week what the hell we're gonna do, and we got uh, time I'm to a, do notes. Know, I, I was thinking of a couple things, but one I think would be interesting is. Movie curses. Talk about that. Do you want to do like all of them, or do you want to do it by movie? Well, because only a couple movies we could probably fill an hour. Yeah, I think we can. We can do um, do them all. Just run through. Yeah, I think the really a really good one, which will give me a lot more information, is uh, well, we had the Poltergeist one, obviously, the Twilight Zone, but a really interesting one is The Exorcist. Oh, it's probably the largest. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll start working on that, and that could be our next week's episode. But give me till Friday to record. <laughs> next Friday. <laughs> but so. it might have to be anyway because I'm going to Canada. Hey. So. Hey. <laughs> don't go down. Don't be going over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Nah, I ain't going there. I don't even know where the hell I'm going. I don't know how to read their fucking initials, so I don't know. You're gonna be going, going out to like where there's no like internet service, and it's like a. A winter wonderland barren. Probably, you know, like where Rocky <laughs> trained for four. And that was only that was actually uh was it Colorado, I think they shot that in or something. Yeah. <laughs> Drago <laughs> Great montage though of him working out. Fucking you I have, had, it was you moving. have the Russian you have the Russian guy 
using steroids and all that stuff, and he's just using stuff laying around the farm. <laughs> hey, gotta build, build. That's right. Gotta get those gains. All right, guys. You guys go get swole. We will see you next Monday. As always, thanks for stopping by. This has been the Hard Shed Podcast. Goodbye. It's back.